And welcome back. I'm Mike with the Turntable Teachers, and class is officially back in session. And this is crazy, guys. I am here for my first guest speaker episode in what's about been about nine months. And this next guest I have right here with me, we've been talking about having him on for the last, <laughs> I'd say, nine months to a year. And I've yeah. already mis mispronounced his name on a podcast episode in my year-end list for 2021. So my it's deepest okay. apologies to this man right oh, here. Oh, man. No, The one fine. and only IRG. Did I get that right this time? Or, is, yeah. or do you, do you oh, pronounce yeah, the Oh, yeah, you dot? got it right. I did when I first started the project, but then I was just like, you know, no, that's not going to catch on. You know what I mean? Dot IRG. It's just too much of a mouthful. I was just like, just call me IRG. It's so, it's so much. I, I've had people say like, what or this is urge or like or like yo like if you had a fan base they're they're the urgers or something like that's awesome I, it's just i've gotten a ton of different stuff man like i don't know just irgs just seems to roll off the tongue so i would yeah, say you, so. you got it right this time yeah I would so, say yeah, so but yeah man Very thanks good. for having me though man i'm really you know i'm really excited for it Awesome. No, I'm, I'm really excited for this too, man. I know we've been in communication forever and I know you guys don't know the backstory of this whole thing, but I might as well share it since we're here. So we oh, yeah. tried to get this done maybe three weeks ago and yep. you're in, you're in Philadelphia, correct? Or, excuse me, Pennsylvania, correct? Um, yeah. Well, yeah, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in Pennsylvania, but uh, it's like, I'm probably like 30 to 40 minutes away from Philly, depending on the oh, traffic. Nice. Good. Yeah. So, um, so, but I, I originally am from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which is Amish territory, Amish country. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I, uh, so it's really funny though, because we had this plan for about three weeks ago and you unfortunately lost power and he said, you're hitting oh, yeah. me up in the morning and, like, and you lost power. And that was like, all right, all right, so let's reschedule it. And then, yeah. uh, we tried again and I had a basketball game that got moved because our girls yep. and our boys teams are deep in playoff runs right now at my high school shout out uh the andover boys and girls basketball programs uh and i okay. coach of course as, yeah. as most people on the podcast know so we had to reschedule again and then we just yeah sign on and your computer camera is not working and oh yeah <laughs> so we got the work yeah. around we got the phone going crazy it's all good you're here now and uh, I am yep. so, so excited for this one. And welcome, welcome to yeah. the show. The first, you're the first guest speaker of uh, 2022. Oh man, that's so cool. Yeah, thank you very much, man. It's just, that whole power outage was a whole story in itself, which was crazy because, like, literally, I've never had a power outage where I looked outside in my front at the front of my house and there was literally a pull down that pulled like the wires. Yeah, like it, it was crazy, and like that was like 4:30 in the morning. And I look outside and there's like all these lights. There's like PPNL, there's the like fire department, police cars, like I don't know, it was crazy. And uh yeah, we were out of we were out of like power. Well not power. We were out of Wi Fi for like a week and a half, but we got power on like maybe a couple days later or something, which is crazy. But but yeah, but it's all good. I mean, we weren't I mean, that was one of the weeks where I was traveling. 
So I wasn't even, me and my wife weren't even, I think we might've been in Florida at that time. Yeah, it was probably, we were probably in Florida, so it didn't really matter. But yeah, it was, that was a whole ordeal. And also too, it's crazy <laughs> that uh, I'm on this show now because I think I found out about you and your podcast from Johan. And, yes, uh, and Johan, right. I know he's from Boston, but ever since I've kind of gotten to like the music game since like, I think, yeah, I started at the end of 2017. One of the very first people that I connected with was Johan on Instagram and he wasn't even verified. I don't even think he had, he probably had like a couple hundred followers at that time. And we just started talking, just started chatting and I vibed with his music. I think I found him on like Discover Weekly or something on Spotify. Mm-hmm. And, and we just started talking and he actually like really mentored me a lot with like a ton of different music industry stuff, producing stuff, like mixing, just lyrical stuff. Like I would send him my stuff before I would drop it and he would be like, look, uh, have you thought about this? Do this, think about this, you know, just, but like all ultimately I would do what I wanted to do, but it was just, it was really beneficial getting that like counsel from him from the music perspective, you know? Absolutely. So I was like, when I found you, I was like, anything trusted by Johan is trusted by me. So, <laughs> you know, that, that's kind of how I looked at it. So I was like super excited. This is probably, I'm one of, one of the more exciting things that I've uh, been a part of. So I'm super, I'm super Man. stoked to be here. I appreciate you, Doug. And big shout out to Johan Lennox. He's a great friend of the show. He came on in April of last year. So almost a year ago now. And same thing, yeah. kind of just found him floating through the, um, you know, the Massachusetts music scene. He was admittedly a little bit uh, bigger of a name when we found him, but he really is just the salt of the earth as a like a, just a great person. Like I have, yeah. you know, there's, there's some people that I've, you know, that I've interviewed and we really connect, we vibe, we stay in touch. Um, and then there's some that don't, and that's fine. You know, I, I understand how the industry kind of works and, and as, as I've kind of navigated my way through it as a, you know, as a promoter, as a music podcaster and, um, yeah. you know, just working in this PR space, but Johan is somebody that has stayed in touch you know, almost, I would say bi-weekly, like, you know, we'll at least, at least exchange a few messages in the DMs or, uh, he sends me all his stuff unreleased as well. His album is coming, his debut album is coming like in a few weeks, uh, from the point we're recording this. And yeah, his music, man, is just so unique. And I think it's something that is just so needed in, in, it's a breath of fresh air, I think in this music space where there's so much of these trends that start to kind of, you know, take shape and um, not that they're bad necessarily, but it's just a nice change of pace from like the most stuff that you hear. So I, as a, as a human being, he is salt of the earth. He's one of like the best people I've met in this industry from like that standpoint. And then his music is just incredible from a, from a standpoint. Absolutely. I think like the biggest thing he's helped me out with is not even really anything that he told me like is like the biggest takeaway. I think it's more of like just just kind of observing him as an artist like Mm. if you listen to his voice, his voice, I have never heard anyone that sounds anyone like anything like him 
Agreed. Like the Agreed. like the, his, and I'm not saying about the way he says words. I'm not saying like it's just like his his singing voice is just I've never heard that before, mm-hmm. and i like for me sometimes like or not sometimes now, but in the past when I was first starting out, I would get kind of like subconscious because like. I also feel that same way about my voice. Like, I haven't heard anyone that sounds like me. I mean, I've had, like, people be like, it's sort of like an Owl City type thing, sort of like a John Bellion thing, but not really. So, which makes me think that, like, my voice is very unique as, a, as when, my singing voice. But his is, like, the, what, I, what I've learned is that like he embraces that, you know what I mean? It's not like a bad thing. That's a good thing, you know? And like, that's really worked for him. And that's like what you want. Some artists spend their whole career trying to find that, you know, and like trying to be unique. And, uh, but some people literally just sound like other people. Mm -hmm. So it kind of like helped me change in my mind. Like that's like a, that's like a blessing, not like a bad thing, you know? So that was, I think that was like a, a huge thing that I learned from him. Yeah, I think that's I think that's such a great sentiment too, and I agree that like it does he doesn't sound like anybody else, and and that is in essence I think uh, an important part of music because you don't want to just I mean you you know he doesn't I, I'm not saying he's not influenced by other artists, but he doesn't wear his influences on his sleeve necessarily like they're not right. as they're a little more subtle, and I think that that is like a, something that will you know he just has that type of sound that when you hear it you know it. And like, okay, like right. you hear a song of his and like, okay, that's Johan. Yeah. And I, and I, and I, in a weird way, you know, what's funny. I, I do feel that way about you. I feel like your music has a type of sound. And while I love talking about Johan and he's again, like I said, just an amazing yeah. dude, I do want to transition to you a little bit because no, your yeah, story, absolutely. your story is very, I think unique in its, in its own way as well uh, as it, as, as his was. Um, you know, when he came on the show and talked about his backstory, I think your backstory is, is, is a little bit unique as well, at least unique to any artist that I've kind of come in contact with and talked to, uh, you know, on, through this through this platform. And so, right. I, uh, I, I'm, first off, I'm going to start this yeah. segment of the podcast and this uh, we're going to reformat this slightly. So any old uh, uh, listeners or audience members from Turntable Teachers, this is going to be slightly different format. So. Uh, we said IRG is going to be our little guinea pig here, and he's he's ready for it. So uh, the <laughs> oh, first yeah. it's the first section I call this I'm going to call this the objective. And the objective is we're going to get to know a little bit of your background and your backstory. So in okay. some of the research I've done about you, I read that you had started making music your sophomore year of college. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that would be. So, yeah, because I went to a high school. Uh, called Hempfield High School, which is in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And then in 2015, when I graduated high school, I went to Millersville University of Pennsylvania to study. Yeah, it was early childhood and special education is what I first was studying. I did that for about two years. And so from 2015 to 2017, and I just like, the uh, teaching just wasn't for me. I didn't feel gifted in it. And, um, but I really tried though. Like I really, I mean, and and it's not about getting in front of people and talking. That's not the issue. It was more of just like, I didn't have like the gift of like patience for it. And like also like a lot of patience, uh, patience. (laughs) And also too, like sometimes I, 
with things like of that nature, I can get stuck into like this. My way is the way that I like to do it. And I think that people should do it. And teaching is there is like multiple ways that things can be done, you know, and you have to adapt to the student. Um, And it was really hard for me to adapt to the student. So uh, that being said, that was just a little backstory in Millersville. And also just the school was a little too big for me. I mean, it's, it had only 8,000 students, but that wasn't, I mean, for me, that was big. So then transitioning I, from, I transferred from Millersville to this place called Lancaster Bible College from, uh, yeah, at the end of 2017. Or actually, no, it was the beginning of 2017. And that was kind of a big point in my life. My, me and my wife, we always make this joke that I kind of like base my timetables off of the year 2018. So when anyone asks me anything regarding like, when did this happen? When did that happen? I'm always like, I always, my, my brain goes back to, well, okay, this is what happened in 2018. And this is like before, like almost like be like 10,000 BC or like before Christ, after Christ is like, it's like, <laughs> That's like really your spot weird. right there is 2018. <laughs> yeah. It's so strange. It's so strange. Um, but yeah, so 2017 is kind of, I think, a really formative year for me of kind of like where I started to find out who, who I was, who I wanted to be. And I think that's why I really struggled at Millersville also in that school is because I going to college and not knowing who you are makes college very difficult. Right. But also going to a college for me that was a very like secular college where people were trying to fit in with each other that also just didn't fit my personality type either so uh i really struggled and um 2017 when i transferred to lancaster bible i was able to kind of get in with a good group of guys that really helped me out um had a lot of patience a lot of grace with me i was leaving that old lifestyle of trying to fit in and trying to be cool and trying you know and uh and they were like dude like you don't have to do that here it's all good like we just will accept you and be your friend. Like it's all, you know what I mean? So, um, that was huge. So with that transition, I started to find out like who I was, what I wanted to pursue, like, and step out of my comfort zone for. And that's when I found music and I didn't, you know, up until that point, I never picked up an instrument, never did any, like I wasn't, I didn't grow up around, uh, well, I grew up around music because my family was very musically gifted. Like, my brother play the, plays the drums. My, my dad plays uh, the piano, the bass, guitar, all that stuff. But I just, I never really felt called in that direction by any means. And then I just one day went to Guitar Center, bought like, like spent $1,000 on equipment <laughs> and just set it up and just got to work, you know, and just YouTube videos and just learning things and networking and and it kind of just i just started every day get more and more passionate about it and i love it you know so yeah so basically giving you my life story about one little question you asked me but <laughs> no this is great no i'm glad you you do it you're, do, you're making my job very easy at the moment um i but, know so i I'm, know i'm i'm curious though was there like a specific so you said you you go you go to guitar center you buy this all this equipment but was there like a specific moment when you knew that you were going to pursue music, like when did the light bulb kind of click? Like, was it as you were transferring schools? Was it like, 
what, once you had gotten to Lancaster Bible College? Was it maybe like prior or, or was it just kind of like this weird? I mean, do, is there any like sort of moment that you can recall where it like really, you know, just hit you that you were like, all right, this is kind of what I'm meant to do or this is something that I need to pursue? I think the biggest thing is like I as I was trying to find out who I was and what I wanted to become and where I wanted to be like I didn't really have anything like as regarding a passion like I didn't have a passion for like I like playing soccer and that was fine but it's like I always I never I never aspired to be like a professional at that. I just played it for fun. But other than that, uh, like I didn't have anything else that had longevity because obviously with soccer or any type of sport, you're going to get to the point where you're like 40 years old or whatever, and you just can't do it anymore the same way that you did when you were 18. You know what I mean? Your body is not going to be able to keep, you, you just can't do it. So, but with music, that's your mind, you know, that's your creativity. You could do that till you're 80 years old if you wanted to, you know? Um, so, I kind of was thinking about the future and longevity and like, okay, I could just stay comfortable with my bubble of just playing soccer and just playing pickup and having fun. But then like when I reach that point in my life where soccer can't really be a thing anymore from me playing it, like what else will I have, you know, from a passion side of things? So that was just, uh, I guess kind of, lit a fire under me and it was like, okay, I got to find something that I want to be really, really good at that will, you know, break those barriers. And, um, just kind of coming to that realization was like, you know, you love music, you love songwriting. And I know that like at the, at that time I was like, I knew my voice wasn't where I wanted it to be. I knew my creativity and my beats and everything was not where I wanted it to be. but I just wanted to start anyway, even if it wasn't going to be perfect. And little by little, each song that I put out just got better and better and better and better. And even now, I still have that mentality. Like every song that I put out, all I aspire for it to be is better than the last one. I don't care if I like drop a song that's like that goes viral and it gets radio play and and like millions of streams, like as, as long as my only go goal, every time I drop something is as long as it's better than the last one, I did my job. So, and that's where it keeps that growth mentality for me. Yeah, no, we talk a lot about an education, like growth mindset. So I love that, uh, mm -hmm. that sentiment. Um, many people have sort of, you know, said your sound blurs between like the lines of like a lo-fi pop and indie music. I'm curious mm -hmm. of, you know, once you figured out that you wanted to pursue music and, you know, how did you really cultivate your sound? Like, how did you decide on how you were going to, like, approach music? Um, did you have, like, a specific sound or a genre in mind or did you kind of just go with, like, a gut feeling? I think for me, it was more just, like, experimentation to see what fit best with the tools that I was gifted with. You know, like... Obviously, I don't have a voice like Adele or like Beyonce or anything like that or 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 like Bozzy. I like I I just don't have that voice and that's just not who that's not the type of artist I want to be anyway regarding the type of vocal performance that I put out. Like that's just not what I want to do anyway. It just took a lot of experimentation. Like honestly, I started out putting out EDM music. It was mostly EDM type stuff. 
Um, that stuff's not out anymore, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> we buried it. It's not, it's not for it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Buried. It was, uh, because it's crazy. Cause my first distributor was actually TuneCore. Um, and now I'm a distro kid, but they're like all that type of music, which was only like four or five songs that was with TuneCore and I took it down and I I'd be surprised if anyone found it. But then when I started to be to feel like, uh, like EDM is more for like the Dua Lipa and like the Alicia Cara type stuff. And like, you need powerful voices in EDM for where the industry's at now for that genre. Um, and I just didn't, I don't have it. Uh, and that's fine. And then I started to transition into more of like a hip hop, which is, or actually no, I transitioned to more of like, just like a traditional pop after that EDM, which was more of like a, I'd say similar to Maroon 5 or something like that. But that didn't really seem like me either. Cause it just, then I, then at that point I wasn't satisfied with that because I felt like I was trying to be other people, which really bothered me. And then I transitioned to more of like a hip hop thing, uh, which is that was definitely more in my lane. Just like when the beats ride slow and like I just kind of, kind of like not really like push my voice too hard, but just kind of like get like a coffee shop shop vibe with that. Yeah. But th- but then I just started to see myself getting more and in- more into like the trap type beats, which is not what I wanted either, um, because my music is not really the type of music that gets played in a club. You know what I mean? Like and 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 like just turn up like that's not really the vibe that I want to give off. Um, so then I discovered about a year and a half to two years ago, lo-fi music and how big of like how big that was. And. But what I really noticed was that people were just kind of doing lo-fi instrumental beats and not really singing over, lo- like, and I would see rappers over lo-fi beats, but I wouldn't really see, like, singers over lo-fi beats too much. Um, like, like, you have your pof- pofu and people like that, mm-hmm. but it, it just, for me, I just saw a need, and I wanted to fill that need with the tools that I had, so... I'd say now I would say it's like more of like a lo-fi hip hop uh, was what the genre that I would say I'm in and it fits well for me perfectly. Like personally, it's just uh, I feel very comfortable, but like not into like a complacent point, more of just comfortable as like, I just really feel like I'm in my pocket, you know, and, and people are really resonating with it. And I found my sound. Definitely. No. And I, I think there is such a, what I think struck me about your music like early on when I was listening to it was this, you have this very, I think, beautiful essence to your, to your music, especially some of your uh, more slow, almost like lo-fi ballad type of songs um, versus, Mm -hmm. and then, but then you can also, I think, play that like, or toe that line of sort of indie pop as well. That could be more commercially accessible sound as well with some of your music too. So I think you are able to kind of toe that line, like, both ways right. which i think is is good i think it's going to give you some more variety versus just pigeonholing yourself and right i, I think yeah. it's great that you you took that time to also like mm-hmm. reflect and try a bunch of things that worked and maybe didn't yeah no i think i really i think found my sound probably at the end of 2020 mm. is kind of if i had to put a time frame on it is when i really found it and now it's kind of like 
I recorded a bunch of songs that are that's in that and each one is like it gets better and better and better each time and now it's kind of just go go time you know like just to drop it and yeah i'm excited for it man i am too and like i said i love your music i definitely want to dive into a couple of your tracks and start to talk about some of them but first before we get into the portion that i call the main that i'm going to start calling the main lesson where we really again dive in get to know you what's going on with you right now as an artist what are you pursuing what are Mm -hmm. you passionate about i have a little bit of a detour and i think this one's going to be fun uh i call this pop quiz and so this segment is going to just be rapid fire questions i want you to give me as brief and as of an answer as you can but also just whatever comes to mind when i ask these questions so okay yeah it's going to be difficult because you know i like to go into detail about things i say you can already probably i tell. know i know so <laughs> I, I know that's i love it and it's great you would be i would love you in my class for sure i need maybe i need me need you to come to my some of my classes because some of my <laughs> students don't like to talk uh that's but funny. you i think yeah it is yeah it's, it's funny until you're there put it that way uh but yeah, either way <laughs> <laughs> but either way um i think you know this will be a good challenge for you to see how you how you fare again with, with some more rapid fire questions so i'm gonna start off very right, cool. easy and then we're gonna get progressively cool. harder um so the first okay. one in the pop quiz is going to be your biggest influence in uh for your music in your personal life so who or what in your personal life has been the biggest influence for your music my wife love it biggest artist influence for your music john bellion great answer love him seen him in concert twice he's phenomenal uh yeah. Favorite song in your discography and why? Oh, man. New Jersey, because that's about my wife, and that's where we... It's all about how we met in college, pretty much. Awesome, awesome. Favorite artist to listen to and why? Jeremy Zucker, because... He just writes sad boy anthems, sad boy bops, and uh, I my guilty pleasure is being a sad boy sometimes. So <laughs> I love it. So I know you played college soccer for a little while. What position were you, and what was the highlight of your playing career? It doesn't have to necessarily be in college; it can be throughout your 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 entire career. But uh, you know, pick pick. If there's a moment that stands out as an athlete for you, what would it be? Yeah, I was a center defensive mid, so I sat. Uh, my position sat right in front of the uh, center back. Uh, so I was, that's where you want to be really tall and, and, and kind of stocky to be able to deal with, with those types of players. And my highlight would probably be we played a team called Karen University, which is our rivals. And we, at that point, did not beat them on our home turf since like 1980 or something. Oh, wow. And that game, we beat them, I believe it was like, it was either three to one or four to one. And I, and I, I had the, I had the, oh no, it was three to one. And I had the final goal. I had the third goal and that was my only collegiate goal. So there you go. that's where I, yeah, that's probably my, my highlight right there. Love it. I love it. There's always, there's always one that like stands out as an athlete. Um, even yeah. though there's usually a few, there's always that one that usually is, is triumphs over the others. Uh, biggest yeah. staple in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, 
that someone should visit or check out. So something to do, or like if there's a rest, a staple restaurant in La in Lancaster to eat, like where would be, if someone were to like drive through Lancaster and they you were to stop and do something or eat somewhere, where would that, what would that place be? Oh man, that is so hard to choose because there's so, oh gosh. Okay. Uh, there is this cookie place that is it's pretty it has like 50k followers on instagram it's pretty big it's called taylor chip cookie and they make the be my favorite dessert is cookies i love cookies like out of anything cookies are my favorite I'll, I'll i'll eat a cookie over ice cream over donuts over anything and um they make the best cookies that like they're always they could they're not even warm they're just like they sit out all day all like and they're like made like they're special made cookies like they have all these crazy ones like oreo and just birthday cake all these crazy different types and like you open it up and it's always so soft and like it's like one of those like things you see in like a video they open it up and it's like perfect yeah and like this gooey inside and yeah uh that is a must like we literally have friends in new jersey who get them shipped from there to their house like once a month and wow. it's like yeah it's they ship nationwide. It's crazy. You got to try it. Taylor chip. I, I, I want some, uh, some promo rights for, for Taylor chip. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and if they're looking for a sponsor, I will like, I will, I'm after this podcast, I'm probably going to order a box since they ship now that I know they ship nationwide. I love Dude. cookies as well. So, Hey, I you will, I will to. buy a box and maybe, Hey, maybe they'll sponsor. All right. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I so have two good. more. I have two. Oh, I am sure I love cookies. I have two more for you, and these are gonna okay. be the the last one. I think is gonna be a funny one. But I heard you're a Pokemon fan. Am I wrong about that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So oh yeah, I'm a huge nerd. Favorite poke? Oh, that that's great. I am too, and with certain things. So I used to love Pokemon <laughs> as well. But favorite Pokemon character of all time, and why? It doesn't have to be the original. But if you were to pick like one Pokemon character that you love above the rest, which one would it be? Like like a human or like a like our actual Pokemon, an actual or Pokemon. Just, oh, uh, Totodile. Totodile is my favorite. He's like the little alligator starter Pokemon that's like blue. I don't know. I just my favorite. Uh, I love water Pokemon. Water Pokemon is my favorite in general. Like I always, every time I started a game, I always picked a water Pokemon. But he just looks so cool. Like he just looks so cool, and like. I don't know, like he had like just his whole design was amazing. Like Yeah, Totodile. Totodile. I love it. Squirtle fans out there are uh, you know, uh wrestling in their in their in their sleep right now listening to this. I know, uh, <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. Uh, all right, the last one. Uh so tell me this is a this is a two part question. So the first part okay. is what is the best thing about being married in your opinion? Oh man. I think the best thing is going through life with someone who has the same, like that we're on the same page with everything. We dated so well when it came to like when we had our premarital counseling, like just asking the right questions, figuring out what our likes are, what our dislikes are talking about like children and finances and and uh and faith and all these different things 
we're just we're on the same page with everything. Now that we are married and just on those things that we spoke about before being married, it's just it's just such a blessing, you know, and just such a like like such a privilege, you know, to be to be able to go through life with with someone like that. So I think that's just being able to go through life with your best friend. That's a, a great answer. I think that will get you some brownie points. But this one, this next one might get might oh, knock yeah. you down a peg or two. Uh, biggest thing you guys argue or disagree over? Oh, okay. So I'm very much like an administrative type of person. So like when it comes to organization, I am like, I probably, I, I don't believe in self-diagnosing yourself with anything. But for <laughs> me, like, I really do think I have some form of OCD. Um, and you'll, you'll see it yourself. Like, I mean, I'm sure if you experienced that with me just from like Google invites and making sure that everything is organized and, and talking about what we're doing, it was just, I'm just super organized and she is too, but I take it to an extreme. And that's like a, a, a lot of a disagreement points. Like Isaac, you might need that organization in your life, but maybe I don't need that. <laughs> you know, like I don't have to Google invite our whole life. So <laughs> Oh, so that's, that's kind of uh, like it's not like a bad argument or anything it's more of just like that's just i'm just a quirk it's a quirk of mine and and it starts a lot it starts a lot of like oh, that's so annoying why do you do that <laughs> so so it, it's it's cool no dude. no yeah no i didn't i wasn't looking now it's just to be playful i wasn't looking for like the massive thing you guys argue about i'm sure you guys are, no, are totally gotcha. fine you know but yeah, this, this, yeah. This, like but there's always those little things right there's like those small things and it's and again it's like you love the person so much you put up with them we all we all yeah. have them right nobody is perfect by any stretch but uh um, yeah no, it's, and, it's what, all, and it's all me, me and her are like complete opposites which is good um because like the things that i'm strong in she thinks that she's weak in and the things that she's strong in, I think I'm weak in. So it kind of like evens each other's out. Uh, so it just it works out perfectly that way. Awesome. Well, IRG, congratulations. You got through the very first pop quiz on the guest speaker. Let's episode. go. So I think you did great. I think your answers were spot on there. Very, very good job. Oh, man. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Thank you. So I definitely want to transition to the main lesson, which is we got and we, we got to talk about some singles here. We got to talk about some music like you had a huge 2021, I thought. I mean, and of course, congratulations again on making our honor roll with your single Sweetie, oh, yeah. which featured Andrew Narvez and uh, Elevate, which, again, I I love that freaking song, man. It is so damn good. Um, I just oh, love thank you. The hook is so catchy. You could be my honeybee. Oh, can you give me oh, something? Yeah. <laughs> it is just—it's awesome. I love just how like glossy and 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 just uh, you know bright the instrumentation is. It's it's a treat. I love that song. Um, and then the other song that you dropped uh, very recently was "Peace of Mind" with Naomi May. So I just want to talk to you a little bit about these two songs and like how they were cultivated, um, and really the features that you had on both how they sort of all impacted the song so first off we'll start with sweetie and then we can move to move to peace of mind right yeah so sweetie was just it's crazy so me and my wife we obviously met at lancaster bible college but she transferred from that school that i scored that goal against karen university so she transferred from there to come to our school and that's how we met but she 
knew someone from that school that, uh, and they actually, it's crazy. They actually went to high school together too in New Jersey, but, uh, that's Andrew. Andrew Narvaez is the guy that went to her high school in New Jersey and also went to Karen university and he's still there right now. So like, it was just kind of like a weird life coincidence of knowing each other and and so we had mutual connections, mutual follows. So people that I knew was like, like that, and all that also knew my wife was like, do you know, Andrew, like he makes music, like you should work on something with him. So I just kind of like, and I always like, I don't care about the numbers. I just want to work with people that I like, I believe in their music and it's, you know, it's dope. So I just checked out his stuff and I was like, dude, this guy is sick, man. Like it's cool. Cause Around my area, like, I don't really find a lot of people that I vibe with. You know what I mean? Around my area specifically, like, it's not New York. It's not L.A. Like, there's people trying to do what we're doing, but they're not doing it. They're trying to take the fast track. So, with him, I just saw he was grinding, and I just believed in the sound. And I was like, dude, I'd love to have him on a track. So, I got him on it. And then Elevate, which is his name is Nate Proctor. I found him on uh, Discover Weekly, bro. Like Spotify is the best networking tool out there. They all these playlists that they have for you. I've been like using I, I all of them to to network with artists. I I listen to Release Radar, Discover Weekly, New Music Friday. Uh, I listen to my wife's Discover Weekly to find artists. You know what I mean? Like I'm always just. On those play, and then what's nice about their platform, you listen through your laptop, you can go to their profile for the songs that you like, go and then scroll down to the bottom to their about section, find their Instagram, and go hit them up on Instagram and be like, Yo, like I was listening to this song, it's a vibe. Like, I'd love to work with you sometime in the future if you ever had time, you know. So, it's like it was just a pure networking thing with, with Elevate. And I was so happy that I found him because he made the track what it was. Like, it was it was amazing. His feature was great. And that track kind of came up, like, the melody. I, I came up with the chorus first. And I think that's one of my strong suits is really just, like, choruses and hooks. Is like, really, like, for me, that's, I, I'm, it's hard for me. It's harder for me to write verses than it is for me to write hooks and choruses. So I came up with that first. And it was actually, I was listening to some instrumentation music on, on Spotify. And there was this guy from Japan. I think his name was like Nito or something. And he had like this guitar riff or some loop. And it, it kind of had a similar melody to that, but it was like different. And then I came up with the vocal melody in my head, but the beat wasn't exactly what I wanted it. So then I went to my, my, my buddy and we, we worked on the song together and he came up with the sound that I was looking for for the beat. And I just put my melody over it. And that's how that, that came up. So the inspiration came from another song. That, but we just, I didn't hit up that guy because I didn't, I didn't want to use that instrumental for any, you know, I didn't want to use it because it didn't fit exactly what I was thinking in my head. So that's kind of how that came together. And I just hit them up. I was like, yo, you guys want to be a part of this? And they were like, yeah. And crazy thing about Sweetie is that there's some stuff coming in the future, a remix. So. Look out for that. That's coming out soon. So I'm excited for it. So uh, there's that. Um, oh, and then peace of mind is crazy too. Uh, peace of mind is just, <laughs> I don't even know how to explain it. Like Naomi, I've just, 
how did I find her? Someone connected me with her. And I actually connected her with a different artist named Johnny Henninger who was looking for female vocalists because like that's how I see myself. I'm more of like a facilitator, a connector. Like I like to share my network with people. So if someone's like, if there's a need and someone's like, hey man, I'm really looking for someone like this. Do you know anyone like that? I'll try to find at least two or three people that in my network or even outside of my network that would kind of fit what they're looking for. And I kind of learned that from Johan. Johan's very much like that too. Um, oh, yeah. Very much, yeah, very much like, hey, this is who I know. Let me connect you with this guy and who would be kind of like at your level who could help you out. Anyway, um, so I actually started the relationship off with Naomi by connecting her with some other producer who they've worked on crazy songs with. like, And one song that she just released is called like Way, Truth, and Life. It just got like on like, a bunch of editorial playlists, like huge Christian editorial playlists. So yeah, she's like a rising artist. She's only seven. Oh, she just turned 18. Yeah. So we, yeah, we like, we were working on music. I'm trying to think like when she was probably like 16 or 17 years old. So, um, and the voice that she has is crazy. So yeah, but like, I just, I showed her this piano song and I was like, look, like, I think you'd be perfect on this, you know? And, uh, she was like, yeah, let's do it. And, um, I just had my part all written out and I had the verse all written out. And that was more, that song was written like right before my wedding. Just kind of like talking about like, look, like this is for my wife. And like, this is all the things that I like promised to you, you know? And whether it's good or bad, like, this is like, I'm not like, I'm not going to be a billionaire. Like, that's not what I think that, I mean, making a billion dollars, that's crazy. But, uh, and, and I mean, who knows, maybe I could, but I, I mean, that's not my goal. You know, my goal is not to do that. So like there's, and that was like one line in the song and there's other things in there like that. Like, like I'll keep working and I'll keep trying and I'll. And I'll and I'll never just be like complacent and always try to grow as like as like a husband and and all these things. So the song is really like a love letter to my wife and kind of like my promises that I'm I'm making to her about at that time our upcoming marriage and uh, how I wanted things to be, how I knew things were going to be, and how they are. And then what I was saying was that it was nice that. Naomi was able to bring her perspective into the song as well because of being in high school, you know, and kind of bringing the perspective of like, what is love? Like how, like as, how do I navigate this point of our, and like this time of, of my life as a high schooler of like, as like a young high school girl is like her perspective. Like, how do I navigate this topic and what does it mean to me? Because obviously I'm not at the point where I'm getting married yet is what she was thinking but how can I still add to this song? And I think that she added a really good perspective and added a lot of power to the song too. So, which I think reaches a lot of different types of audiences that, and, and a lot of people re- resonate with that. Totally, totally. Well, I mean, both songs, man, I just, I love so much. Huge fan of both. If you guys, anyone yeah. listening, I know you uh, definitely go check these songs out. We'll link them in the description. They're available on Spotify, Apple, uh, maybe SoundCloud or Tidal, wherever you guys get your music, I'm sure you'll be able to find these songs. So make sure you go run up those streams for IRG and support if you like what you're hearing. 
I certainly want to just pivot slightly um, because I know you have, and you've said this a little bit, and I think this kind of even, it's interesting how you say, you know, in your background that, you know, you at first tried to get into teaching and how it didn't work. But I kind of feel now that you've almost taken that sort of idea of how you see teaching and maybe not like using it in the classroom, but actually using it in the music industry. And I know that you have a passion right. for like artist development and mentorship um, and that you yeah. started a management label called Leftover Society. So I just want to talk to you mm -hmm. about that, too, because I think I'm super fascinated by like how that started and kind of what your mission is as a collective um, going forward. With right. That. Right. So um, <laughs> I think that's actually kind of crazy that you say it that way, because like. I never even really thought about it that way as like, uh, like the teaching didn't go to waste. Like I did learn a lot in those two years about teaching, um, about what I didn't like about it, but also like what the parts that I did like about it. So maybe, yeah, I wasn't a, the traditional public school teacher or whatever. Yeah. That's really interesting. I, that's, that's cool. I like that. <laughs> um, I got you, man. But yeah, man, but it's, uh, it definitely like I, I do have a heart for mentorship. I like I have a heart for just pouring into other people. I, I prefer more of a one on one setting and really just devoting time and pouring into people like pouring into one person over a long period of time instead of just pouring into like 25, 30 kids over a short period of time. And I feel like it's more impactful to just really pour into one person. Um, or even if it's like two or three or four people at the same time, just for, but for like a longer time and really just pouring into them. So I really have a heart for that. And leftover society actually started off as a collective called Loa collective. So it was really like LOA. So leftover artists, uh, collective is what it started off as. And I started that with a guy named Christian currents. Me and him made some music together, and and things were great. Um, and things are great. There's not there's not any issues now. For me, going into it, I wanted I didn't really understand the difference between a collective and a artist development agency. You know, at that point, I didn't understand. And that was probably like end of 2019 is when that was started, Loa Collective, and I didn't really understand the difference between those two things. And I really just wanted to, to like help people further their artist careers instead of just have like a, a group of friends where we share our music with each other and that's it. You know, I wanted it to be more than that. I wanted to help them get to the next level. Um, and that's a little bit more difficult to do when it's, when it's set up in a way that it's you're not you're not there to mentor them you're there to just be their friend and that's it so we we tried it for about a year and a half to two years for the collective um and it just didn't it just wasn't really working out regarding um i wasn't feeling fulfilled by it he wasn't feeling fulfilled by it the people in the in the collective we had about eight people in the collective they weren't feeling fulfilled about it um, so we just decided to call it quits and 
And I actually, uh, two of the artists that were in that collective was Andrew and, and, and Silas, which is Narrow Haven. They were the two artists that I just saw. Well, first of all, I had a more of a personal relationship with them. And then also I saw that they were really hungry for to get to the next level. They wanted to do that. They just needed the tools and the resources. And I was able to provide that. So it worked out perfectly. I like, I, and I don't have to chase them down to care about their own music. Mm. You know, they, they, they are doing it whether I'm helping them or not. You know, so which is that's the type of person I want to work with. And that's not putting down anybody else who was in the collective, who was leading the collective. There was like, all those people are stupid talented, like, and super committed to the aspect of music that they love. Certain members of the collective that are not a part of Leftover Society loved live production or live shows more than they did being in the studio, which is there's nothing wrong with that. No. That, that's, that's just a different aspect of music that really can take up most of your time. Like, right. there's a, and you don't have to be one or the other. You can be both. But some people really just, they were more passionate about the other one, which is totally fine. Um, me, I'm more passionate about in-studio than I, like, I've never done a live show and I don't want to. Huh. I just, I don't see myself as a live show person. I don't ever want to go on tour. That's not my, I don't want to do that. I just really just want to keep putting out consistent music online and just, you know, having people enjoy it that way. And, you know, I never, ever wanted to be like, I never want to quit my nine to five to go tour and do music. You know, that's hmm. just, I never want to do that. So, so that's why it was, it's just, you know, just different interests, you know, but yeah. we're all still, we're all good. Uh, we all still keep in contact every now and then. And, and they're still doing their thing and I'm still doing my thing. I love that. No, I mean, hey, like some people you don't, yeah, you don't vibe with, you don't connect with. Like I had a, uh, or not even that, just like you're, you're uh, like some people you just, you kind of, the visions get a, a little bit slightly different or, um, you know, just that you're, you're passionate about other areas and there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Absolutely. You know, I think it, things can be, right. uh, put in a perspective where it's obviously can be respectful and, you know, you just obviously come from a place of understanding that, you know, not everybody's going to think like you act like you. And, and that's totally fine. That was what makes us all different. And like, that's the beautiful, the beauty of, of human beings. Um, and then, yeah, sometimes, oh, yeah. sometimes it's just an end point to certain things, you know, like, I mean, I had a co like the way this podcast started, I had a co-host uh, for a long time and he was great. You know, I, I wished him nothing but the best as well. But, you know, we just had different visions for where the podcast was going to go. And, you know, I decided he didn't, you know, I decided to keep going with it and, and he didn't. And that's um, and that's OK. You know, he had different interests outside of it. And, and, and that just happens. So I think that there's. Yeah, that's a, that's a good sentiment, I think, for people to hear. And, and I think what you've, I think, shown me throughout the, you know, this this podcast episode um, that's really glaring, glaring in my face is how self-aware that you are. Like, you know, I think by now, it seems like you understand yourself as an artist and as a person and, and the direction you want to go in. And if anybody wants to jump along for that ride, that's amazing. But you are more than welcome to work with people that aren't necessarily on that wavelength. It just might not be in the capacity that you're working with people like, like Andrew, um, 
or, you know, right. And, and so, so I think that that is in essence, um, yeah, just, just how you, how we, we all go through life, you know, like you said, even with your wife, like you guys are on the same wavelength, you're in the same direction and that's the person that you're going to, you're, right. you're going to spend your life with. Um, it just, it just, sometimes it happens that way, you know, not, and it's not a, not that anybody did anything wrong. It's just, it, you know, you know, your journey is not my journey. And that sometimes just right. happens that way, you know? So, but I think exactly, your self, yeah. your, your self-awareness to me is, is I think, uh, is very a- admirable. And I just, um, I, I just, I'm, I'm happy for you to be honest that you are just yeah. like, you, you don't seem like, and as you say, like, I don't really feel the need to tour. I don't want to tour. I don't, it doesn't sound like there's any sort of this pressure for you to tour you just are it's kind of one of those things just like i'm not going to do it it is what it is and i'm just you know this is my direction and this is you know this is the way i'm going to go i want to work my nine to five and i want to make music on on the side and just see where they both go i think there's absolutely nothing wrong with that so i love the self-awareness man. yeah yeah I, i i preach that to my students a lot you know like know who you are as a person you know before you start making decisions about your life right really focus on okay what is it I want? Because I think it's crazy to me, man. And I'm not to go on this crazy tangent, but like we ask 18 and 19 year olds in this country what they want to do with the rest of their lives at 18, 19 years old. And it's really hard yep. to ask a kid that age what they want to do with the rest of their life because they haven't really had a lot of other experiences outside or probably not. I don't want to speak for everybody, but you know, there's a minimal or, or, or a sort of a barrier for how many really life experiences you can have at that age. A lot of your life experiences, mm-hmm. major ones can happen in your 20s and 30s. And that's where you sort of start to understand, you know, what you want to do with the rest of your life. So I, I have a hard time even being in the education profession, as you said, and still like in signing off or co-signing, you know, kids just being like, yeah, like I'm going to go, you know, give this college 50 grand. And it, because I think I want to do this when so many kids change or, you know, drop out or find different interests. So I, I think again, the self-awareness piece is so important. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no, I, I seriously, like, I think that's the most important thing I think as a human being is sort of figuring out like and an sort of uh, navigating you know, the, the interests that you want and for yourself, because those interests, you know, will always, you know, or or can change and adapt, you know, based on, you know, your, just your experiences. Right. So it's just, again, it's hard to, you know, I I could go off, I could go off on this for a while, but, um, I do, I know it's okay. No, I mean, that's, (laughs) that's good. That's good. Cause I mean, as a teacher, I mean, that's, it gives me a lot of encouragement to, to hear you have that mentality, you know what I mean? And like, you're teaching the next generation of Americans and, 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 uh, and students who are just, you know, going to be taking care of us when we're old, you know what yeah, I mean? So yeah. it's, uh, like that's, it's encouraging to hear that you're kind of instilling that mentality into them. So mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Oh, for sure. For sure. I thank you. I, I, I you know, just all in a yeah. day's work. Uh, no, but in all oh, seriousness, yeah. yeah. I did have one last question for you before we get to uh, our, our, our final segment here, which, um, and it, it's really, I think you've mentioned it briefly throughout this podcast episode, and you just seem to be such a strong, a person of strong faith. Um, and that I think you mm-hmm. and I, we have a lot of crossover. Um, you know, we both, I think, are people that like to dabble in different interests. You know, clearly I teach, I coach basketball, I podcast. I know you have your, yeah. nine, to, your nine to five in music. But this is, I think, a part where we differ slightly. 
And you just again, you see, you seem to be such a person of strong faith. And whereas, you know, right. I, I am more of a, I guess I would be a spiritual person, I, I guess you could say, but I'm not really like attached to any sort of like religion or any sort of affiliated with any sort of church mm-hmm. or anything like that. But I know you are, and I, I'm very curious to hear about just like, you know, what your faith means to you. And I know you, I explain a little bit, I'm not sure. Are you still working at FIM? Is that your kind of nine to five uh, at this point in your life? Or is, um, is that something that uh, you used to do? No, so I so I currently work at Fellowship International Mission, which is a mission sending organization in Allentown, Pennsylvania. So what they do is uh they help the local church send out missionaries overseas. Oh wow. What I do, my job, my job title is communication and mobilization associate. So Half of my job, I do a lot of, I do all the social media, I do all the email marketing, all of the, any type of marketing for the, for the agency. And then the other half of my job uh, is the mobilization, which is, um, I, most people recognize that word as being, it, the synonym would be recruiting. Mm-hmm. So I go, they send me, that's where a lot of the traveling comes, comes in, and they send me to a lot of um, Christian colleges around the country and uh i go to the they the colleges have these things called missions conferences where a bunch of different agencies go and talk to students who are interested in being missionaries after they graduate um so we set up a booth and we talk to students for the whole week and talking classes and so i've been to like i've been to to colleges like liberty university down in virginia i've gone to uh there's a thing called word of life which is in florida I've been to um, Moody Bible Institute, which is in Chicago, um, a bunch of different places. And so that is, that's technically my nine to five, uh, but it's, um, it, it feel it's a ministry for me. That, that's what, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm able to pour into the, like my ministry is to these college students that I'm being able to mentor and pour into and kind of help them find the path to ministry service. You know, so if a lot of a lot of students get overwhelmed with okay, I want to serve the Lord, I want to serve in ministry, but I don't know how to do it on my own. Will mm-hmm. someone help me? So that's where I come in and it's like you don't have to do it alone. We want to help you. Let's figure out what you're passionate about, what's your interests and let's see how we can use that to serve the Lord. And so that's, that's basically what I get to do every day, which is awesome because it's not like a traditional teaching students how to multiply or read or, Mm -hmm. but it's, uh, it's just helping them helping navigate their, their path, their way, what the word they're trying to do. So, um, which is, that's the lottery for me. Um, and then going back to, you were talking about the faith and what that means to me. Um, and really, I don't really, I mean, Christianity, I'm a Christian and I don't see that it's not really a a religion to me. It's, it's a relationship. I, you know, I believe that Jesus Christ walked this earth and he lived the perfect life and he died on the cross for our sins. And you know, I believe that he died on the cross for my sins, for your sins, for everyone's sins. And, um, and because of that, uh, we have salvation. So through him, 
we can get to the Father and we can get into heaven if we believe in him and we build a relationship with Christ. And it's not it's not by what we do. It's not through works. It's not through um, like, oh, if I do a bunch of good deeds, I can get into heaven. It's just by understanding that I'm a sinner and that I repent and that I, uh, I love the Lord and I just want to serve him with my life. And with those basic things, that's where the relationship comes in with Jesus Christ. So it's definitely a lot to take in. Um, <laughs> and but, and I, I'm not a, like a theologian and I'm not like a, a Bible scholar by any means. Uh, I'm still very young. I'm only 24 years old and I'm still learning. I'm, I'm trying to read the Bible every day and learn about what it actually says in there so that when people ask me questions, I have the right answers to give them mm-hmm. and I will never, ever have all the answers. Um, but all I do know is that I have the faith like a child where I just believe and, um, and I know that I don't have all the answers and he, and the Lord doesn't expect me to have all the answers, but, but. Uh, he does ask me to have faith, and I just have strong faith. That's an awesome, awesome answer. I, 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 I obviously can appreciate that a lot. Um, just coming from from you know your perspective and Jordan, yeah, just kind of mm-hmm. your your belief system and sort of how you net like you want to like live your life and impact others and and also like you know the the mark that you not only want to leave on this earth but also. Um, through that faith and sort of, I think, I think the, the commonality between, you know, all religion, regardless of what you practice or what you believe in is that I, I, th- and I think, and I, I do believe this in a sense where, you know, we all need to believe in some higher power or some being that's beyond ourselves. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't think mm-hmm. you can go through life thinking that this is it or that we're here you know that that we're here by chance or that we're here you know by by what like like what got us here i think i, I you know i'm again i'm not a christian i'm not really a, again i'm not affiliated with any sort of religion um per se but i am of the belief that there is something out there there has to be a greater being or power um that really gives us purpose um for why we are here so you know i think that having that belief system you know, can help you really obviously navigate through your life and understand like, and, and how to make sense of things that maybe sometimes don't make enough sense. I'm curious, just this last part piece of this too, if, is there any sort of overlap with your faith and, and music? Do you, is there, is there anything that you think there is a connective there? Like, does it maybe help you get in touch with sort of an emotional side for your, your, your writing portion of of music or maybe like an aesthetic um you know i'm just curious if there's any overlap at all or any sort of connection between the two so i'm definitely not a gospel artist i'm not like a like a like a chris tomlin or a michael w smith or anything or like hillsong i'm not like that at all right but my christianity does affect my music from what I talk about regard and also how I talk about it. I, I personally don't curse. I personally also don't talk about drugs or alcohol or sex in my music. I, and also, well, so that, that's how it would, 
that's how my faith specifically affects my music um, as like the songwriting and, and the instrumentation and everything. But I think my faith more so impacts who I am in the industry. And I, I hate talking about this because it, it sounds like I'm tooting my own horn and that's not what I'm trying to do here. But, and I think that you can see where my heart is when I'm talking about it. But mm -hmm. I would like to think that people, when they talk to me, that they see that something is different. And not from that, like, oh, he's unique or he has like a weird aesthetic that's different. That It's not about that. It's more of like, I aspire to be a light in a very dark industry to other people. Hmm, and I like, I like to do that. That's through my faith. And it's not because of me who I am, because I'm like a very, I'm a sinful person. I, I struggle like with, I struggle with anger. I struggle with, um, impatience. I struggle with, uh wanting things my own way you know and and that's the sinful part of me but my faith and and the holy spirit in me because i've been born again because i've been saved like it allows me to have the fruit of the holy spirit which is like self-control and 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 humility and 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 allows me to um, because there's a lot of situations where like I could ruin relationships if I respond a certain way that mm -hmm. I naturally want to do that. Or like if, if, like if, if someone, if I feel like someone owes me money for something and like, I want to ruin a relationship over $50, you know what I mean? Or, um, like th things like that, like, like it's just little things where it affects my, the way I interact with other people. And they would expect me to respond a certain way because that's how other people have responded, or probably 99 to 98% of people have responded. But because I don't respond the other, that way, they're like, wait, whoa, this is different. I've never experienced this before, uh, someone that responds that way. So that is, I think that would be the best explanation of how it affects music in my life in general mm. not just specifically the songs hmm. oh that's an amazing answer and i i love what you said throughout that whole thing just about like how you know your actions i think have consequences like that's just a great lesson for anybody to to understand and and, and know and i think um sometimes we get caught up in you know these emotional sides of things um you know that you know if we right. were actually thinking of things from more of a you know, uh, you know, we had a better mental state in some of these situations that maybe we would act differently and we'd have a better result for some of them. And I think that, um, that is that right. in essence, what you're, what you're, what you're saying, I think makes a lot of sense. And it's just, it's a sort of this, um, almost moral and value. I mean, we all have our morals and values and, and, and sort of that code that we live by. And I think that is a really important thing to, keep in mind of like how our, how our actions like can actually impact others. And, um, and then in turn, like how it impacts right. ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, that's, and, and yeah, and I definitely, yeah, I, I think for you, I, I love it because, you know, you don't in your music ever come off preachy. It doesn't, it's not, it definitely is not gospel music and that's not, and, and I, not that there's anything wrong with gospel music. Actually, it's funny. I, I sometimes like the gospel aesthetic, but you don't, you typically don't, have that and but i think you you have a sound that is very accessible i think you have a message 
that is very, I think, pure, honest. And I think that that is what drew me to your music right off the bat was that I could feel that it was, it's palpable. And I hope that if anybody wasn't familiar with your music before this episode and they get familiar with you now, that they will feel that as well, not only just in this episode, but in the actual music as well. Because I think not only out of the, some of the amazing sentiments you've said throughout this episode and that I can feel them, and I think hopefully people can feel them as they're listening, I think it's 10 times more palpable in the music. And I think this kind of also gives some context to that as well. So I just want to yeah, give you, absolutely. give you, I just want to give you major credit and, and props to you. Cause I think you are kind of yeah. on a path and journey that is made for you. You seem so comfortable and, and confident in that. And I, I, I just, I think it really reflects within the music and just who you are as a person and, and how you sort of, you know, approach things. And, and of course, just how I think personable you are, you were just on this episode with somebody that, you know, you don't know super well. So I just, I just want to commend you for that. And, um, I, I, oh, I love, I love yeah. this episode, just really talking to you about some of these yeah. deeper, deeper, uh, you know, topics and, and, and that's, and that's really, again, that's really the, the point of, you know, this platform and particularly our guest speaker, you know, series, it's, it's about the music, but it's not about the music. Does, do you see what I'm saying? Like, right. Yeah. You, you know, yeah, it's, no, it's, I got you. Yeah. yeah. So, it's man, deeper than that. Yeah. Absolutely. No, it absolutely is. And if anybody tries to tell you otherwise there, you know, it's just, it, it can't be that surface level. It just can't be. There's gotta be more to it. Exactly. Just, no. Yeah. 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 yeah it's, we should be questioning why we're putting out the music in the first place, mm. you know? So right. That's exactly right. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, IRG, this was a phenomenal episode. You're not quite off the hook yet. I have my final okay. segment. It's just one question. Don't worry. You've been great. I know I've been putting this this poor guy through the ringer, but he has come out oh, on the other right. side. <laughs> and you have been great. I've I've taken you through long form questions. I've taken you through rapid fire questions. This is the the favorite oh, question. Yeah. And most most audience members that have been a fan of the turntable teachers for a number of years, you know what's coming. We call this the dream song scenario, and it's going to be reformatted as the open response because this is just you get any sort of uh, you know, answer you want with this. So I will structure a dream song. You get to make a dream song with any artists and producers in the entire world, dead or alive. And so you, the choices you get are this. You get Ooh. one producer one producer, or I sometimes allow for two. Like I'll always sometimes I've said one producer and then I get like, oh, well, I really want a melody from this producer and I want like a drum progression from another. So if you want two producers, that's okay. And you get one person to do the hook, you get a verse and you get two guest verses. So in total, one to two producers and three artists on a dream song that would be IRGs. So again, any artists and producers, dead or alive, take all the time you need, the floor is yours. And I would be, I would also be on this track too. Absolutely, it would be IRG featuring three artists Those on that three, track. Okay, wow. So if you oh, but, man, and you're and you're kind of dime, you're kind of dynamite at hooks. So if you want the hook and you want three guest verses, that's fine too. Gotcha. Let me think here. Oh, this is crazy. I would really love for my song to be produced by John Bellion. That I, I his production is crazy. Yeah, I would love to, for him to be a producer on it, and then I would love f- 
to have on the track as a feature Frank Sinatra. Or actually, no. I'd like Frank Sinatra on as the hook, like as a chorus. And then I would want to be on the feature, and then I'd, I get to choose two more, right? Two more, yeah, yes. Yeah, and then two more. So then, yeah, so Frank Sinatra would be the hook. I'd be a feature. Man, this is so tough. Okay, and then probably Lionel Richie. Oh, man. This is so tough, man, because there's so many good <laughs> artists out there. Yeah, I, I guess, yeah, Lionel Richie. And then probably I'd, I'd, I'd say Michael Buble. Ooh. Yeah, that is, this is by far like the question that people not only have fun with the most, but also are like, it drives them crazy. Cause like, I can have anybody like that's too, that's too much. Like I can't have that much no, choice. It's just, I, I'm just trying to think of like the dream song regarding voices. And for me, I like to work with people who have powerful voices, but so Frank Sinatra has a very powerful voice, and I think that he's really, really good with catchy hooks and melodies. And then Lionel Richie also has a powerful voice, but he's kind of similar to me in like he can also kind of get like a softer tone, which is more like melodic and relatable, which is like kind of what I have. So it doesn't make me seem like the odd one out. And then Michael Buble, I like he kind of sides more with like the Frank Sinatra type of vibe, which make doesn't make Frank stand like the odd one out. Mm. So then it's kind of like even playing field and we're merging four different types of things together. And then having like John Bellion, John Bellion's like an old soul that can adapt to like eighties, nineties, early two thousands music. So like if it was like an eighties type song, with his production, with all of our voices, I think that would be the perfect song. I completely agree. And I think John being behind the boards and producing it would like modernize it in that sense where it would be like applicable yeah. and accessible today. Right. Exactly. So that's a, that's, yeah, it'd I, be amazing. It'd be so good. I would love it. I mean, I got, I got a Frank Sinatra here. Hold on real quick. This album. Dude, I have that one too. Yeah. Hold on. No way. Are we gonna are we gonna both both put up Frank Sinatra albums right now? Let's go. Oh, let's go. <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. Wow. That's so crazy. Frank Sinatra vinyl let's twins. Go. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. I love it. What a way to end this. This is great. Uh, Frank Sinatra to finish it off. And I like. I'm a huge John Bellion fan. Like huge. I. So oh, yeah. real, real quick, I found out about him in college when he had like 800 and I was using Twitter at the time. Like Instagram wasn't really a thing. It was, but it was just kind of starting out when John Bellion had like seven or 800 Insta, uh, excuse me, Twitter followers. And the only project out he had at the time was translations through speakers. And I played that shit in college like crazy the, my freshman year. And I've been hooked on him ever since. And just to see his ascension since then, 
is just am amazing to me. I am absolutely. Dude, that's surreal. Yeah. That is awesome, man. Yeah, I've only I've seen him at, in Philadelphia at the Met, um, and he was doing the I think it was the was John Travolta the one that he was going Glory Sound Prep. Yeah, yeah, he did that. Yeah, I saw I saw that one, which was amazing. That was an aw That was an aw I mean, his live performances are like no other. And what's, so good. and what's amazing about his live performances is that there's live instrumentation and he like, they'll like even like freestyle the, like the ends of the songs. Like they're always way longer drawn out than like the actual song itself. Like they'll play like a totally like different ending to some of the songs. And I've seen him in two settings. I've seen him at, um, I know you're not familiar with Boston probably too much, but there's a, um, a, a very small venue called the Paradise Rock Club, which is right outside Boston University which a lot of artists play. I mean, I've seen Logic there. I've seen Big Crit there. I've seen Earth Gang there. Like, there definitely are a lot of artists that go through that that venue, uh, but it's not huge. It's, like, right. more of a club clubish setting. And then I've also seen him at the Rockland Trust Pavilion, which is literally an out, outdoor amphitheater. I saw him about right the summer before the pandemic, and it was that was the show where I was, like, and that was for um, his last album, Glory Sound Prep, and that show it's right on the seaport right on the water in this amphitheater and i swear on my life there was not a there was not a seat that didn't have a person in front of it and i'm not and i was about to say there wasn't a seat that didn't have a butt in it but everyone was friggin' standing and everyone it, it was just <laughs> like this it was this synergy that i can't even describe that he was able to create and yeah like, everyone was on the same wavelength the same page that night and he just there's some this 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 genuine nature that he and sort of vibe that he gives out that I it, it's just hard to explain. You just have to feel it, and I I've I've been a infatuated. It's almost with his like music. a Twenty One Pilots fan base vibe. Yeah, very much so. Oh, that's wild. So everybody, this was this was a phenomenal, not only a phenomenal episode, but the fact that we both had the same ultimate Sinatra vinyls is just is just hysterical. So I love it, man. So great. <laughs> You, you, just, you, you can't make it up. You can't beat it. Um, IRG, man, everybody. This was such a great episode. A great way to kick off our 2022 guest speaker series. Thank you so much for being here, man. Plug away. Let everybody know where they can follow you, you know, socials and website, whatever you got. Take the, take the last like 30 seconds and plug away. Yeah, man. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was like really, really cool. It's pro the fa honestly probably my favorite interview that I've been on. Um, so far, so I love it. Uh, I feel like you and I really connected a lot. Um, and it was just, uh, I'm excited to see where, you know, this friendship continues to go. Um, and hopefully in the future you got, you can have me back when you blow up, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> but, uh, no, and, and kind of just, uh, for my music, you can search me up on any music streaming platform. Uh, I don't think there's any that I'm not on and it's, uh, just dot IRG. And for any social media, it's just IRG Music is my handle. Uh, so I'd be very surprised if there was people that couldn't find me on a social media platform. I'm, I might not be active on every single platform, uh, but I am active on most. And I know that I have a profile claim for all of them. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, that's where you guys can find me. Awesome. And also, it. one thing I want to say. Go ahead. I love when people hit me up on Instagram and it's like, and just want to have a conversation. So if there's anyone out there that's like, Oh, like he won't talk to me or whatever, like 
I'm at the point where, you know, I am accessible so people can send me a message and I'd be totally free and, and down to have a conversation and talk. So that's not a problem. And I can certainly attest to that because we've had many conversations. So he could, he is for sure accessible, yep. <laughs> no doubt about that. And, uh, and if you're a fan of IRG and you're just coming on to us for the first time, you can follow us at Turntable Teachers on Instagram, TikTok. Hit up our website, www.turntableteachers.com. We've got all the latest episodes for the podcast, blog posts, articles. Uh, even There's even some merch up there for you guys if you want to uh, check that out. And as well, uh, make sure you subscribe to our podcast on YouTube. Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, IRG, everybody. Thank you so much for being here, man. This was such a great episode. I really appreciate you. And uh, yeah. I, I also look forward to seeing what you have in the future, man. And like, we are here to support you for sure going forward. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, man. And Mike, it was awesome. I'm glad to hear it, man. I'm glad to hear it. And I'm so glad we finally got it done. So this was, this was, yeah, man, it was, it was worth, it was, appreciate it. It was totally worth the wait. (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. And and some, and some of the technical difficulties. (laughs) Oh yeah. That was frustrating. We, we we got, we got through it though. We got through it, but we made through, we made it through, we made it through, I made it through. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode though. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening and yeah, we'll see you next week for our next time for another episode. I am Mike, this is IRG with the Turntable Teachers, and class is officially dismissed. Turn, 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 turn.